Recovery is stupendous. Achievable. Hope. Freedom. 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 Empowering. It's unique to everyone. It's a journey, not a destination. Getting a new lease on life. Finding restoration after you fall down. Recovery is having the freedom to enjoy life. For me, it was finding a way to really love myself. My recovery is possible in part because of my own sense of purpose. Welcome to Recovery Talks Facebook Live event. Thanks for joining us. I'm Bill Devil, mentoring and membership coordinator for Montana's Peer Network, and I'm joined by... Hey, my name is Amanda Walton. I am a peer services coordinator with Montana's Peer Network. Uh, before we get into depth of today's conversation, which is Mental Health Awareness Month, uh, I'm going to let Amanda give us a few announcements. Absolutely. So um, our we have our peer coaching series beginning next Monday, May 3rd. And that is a series that covers the found, a foundational training, basically, for what peer coaching is and support services in general. Healthy boundaries, trauma-informed support, and the importance of self-care and debriefing. The dates for each segment are Monday, May 3rd, Wednesday, May 5th, Friday, May 7th, and then the next Tuesday, May 11th. All dates are 4 to 6 p.m. We have a PS 101 follow-up webinar May 4th at 6 p.m. We have an upcoming PAL Fostering Partnership webinar May 6th at noon, and that evening we have our monthly peer support to peer support professional meeting. So all you peer specialists out there, guys, we need your voice. We need to, to hear what, what's happening and any concerns that you may have wherever you're working through your region or you personally even, uh, because these, these recommendations and these issues are taken to the Certified Behavioral Health Peer Support Professional Action and Advocacy Committee, so CPAC, and we act and advocate on behalf of the peer support workforce. I also have some exciting news for peer support, guys. We, uh, the bill HB 276 that we brought to legislation through the CPAC committee has passed. So we will be having a peer specialist on the board of behavioral health. We've been the only profession that has not had representation. And now we're going to have that voice on the board. So, you know, nothing about us without us. And now we are going to be present. This is huge for peer support in our state. And I'm so excited to be able to tell you about that. All right, Bill, let's move on. All right. So I just want to piggyback off that super exciting that's why it's important as peer specialists that we join that call on that Thursday because we get to shape and help advocate for the necessary changes that are happening within our workforce. So just want to encourage all of you to join that call, to be a part of that process, to be able to advocate change for our profession uh, moving forward. So let's get into our topic, Mental Health Awareness Month. Uh, Mental Health Awareness Month was founded by Mental Health America all the way back in 1949. Uh, the purpose is to raise awareness about mental health and the importance of improving our mental health. It also wants to reduce the stigma around uh, mental health as well. For the past 10 years or so, Mental Health America have had themes for Mental Health Awareness Month. Um, in 2018 and 19, it was for mind and for body. 
and 2020 and 2021 is Tools to Thrive. Mental Health Awareness Month is important to all of us to be able to wear, raise awareness and to change the culture around mental health and the stigma that surrounds that so that people can become all they know they can be without the stigma that's wrapped around it. Absolutely, it definitely uh, promotes the concept that anything is possible, no matter what kind of experience or, or condition that, that we have or have been diagnosed with or, or whatever, we can overcome and we can transcend that those stigmas, we can accept that it's okay to not be okay, right? And it's okay to seek help. And in fact, that's the best thing that we can do. And one that I would like to highlight, so Mental Health Awareness or Mental Health America started Mental Health Awareness Month for the month of May back in 1949, as Bill had mentioned. Various organizations and institutions also have piggybacked off of that. And one that I would like to highlight today specifically is NAMI, so the National Alliance for Mental Illness. This year's message, once again, through NAMI is you are not alone. And, you know, this this month in, in April, we have had a conversation on technology and recovery, so re recovery support, self-care, and this is really going right in line with that, right? Because we are not alone, and it promotes the healing value of connecting with others in safe ways. And, and again, acknowledging that it's okay to not be okay. So creating, using connection to develop that sense of community, eliminate that sense of separation. And guys, right now during COVID-19, we all have felt a bit more separated than we normally do, right? So it's definitely a great opportunity. You could check out either one of those. We'll, we will be posting a link to a toolkit for Mental Health Awareness Month from Mental Health America. So please be sure to check that out. And th that, that toolkit will have various informational facts, opportunities for engagement, and also really, really promotes uh, reaching out through electronic means um, and engaging with others in that way. So using technology to support our own recovery and healing um, from mental health concerns. So a few things, a few specific topics that they have that I'm just gonna mention today, and we can talk about anyone you want to, Bill, or all of them. Um, adapting after trauma and stress, processing big changes, getting out of thinking traps, practicing radical acceptance. Guys, that's a huge one for me. Um, it's been very transformational, right? When we just learn how to accept and we choose to accept and move forward. Taking time to care for yourself. So once again, an emphasis on self-care and dealing with anger and frustration. So how we handle those really intense um, emotions that we feel and validate, accept, and work through as opposed to burying them inside of ourselves and creating bigger issues and concerns for ourselves and others around us. One of the things about Mental Health Awareness Month that, that I always seem to forget is that one in five Americans have some sort of mental health issue. And for us to be able to reach that population is gonna take a cultural change. I know for myself, that's the last thing that I wanted to accept. Uh, I didn't want to, 
to even go there. And so to have the cultural change using this month uh, to be able to promote a cultural change in it's okay not to be okay. If we are dealing with something that is beyond what we know what we're dealing with and we need answers for it, it's, it's okay. It's scary, it's paralyzing, it allows us to stay stuck, it, it helps us self-medicate in a negative way just so we don't have to accept the way things are. And so some of the things that, that I have been involved with since I've been in recovery is, is mental health awareness walks, um, just going for a walk and having t-shirts and, and uh, letting the community know that this exists and that it's okay, that we're, we're people in recovery uh, with some different types of challenges, but it's all right. You don't have to fear us. You don't have to think there's something wrong with us. There's nothing wrong with us. We are who we are and it's okay. Uh, we just have different circumstances that we need to deal with. And we together can walk through those different things together. And so that's just one piece that I wanted to add. We can talk a little bit about radical acceptance. It, it is huge. So I'll let you kind of dive into that and then I'll add to that and kind of give um, a little history of my own experience with, with radical acceptance. Right. So radical acceptance is actually a piece of dialectic behavior therapy, so DBT. I'm sure many of you guys know or have heard of that. And it is a way of reframing our perception and radical acceptance specifically is where we choose to accept whatever our experience is, whatever we're struggling with in that moment as our reality instead of rejecting it. Because that's where a lot of our mental and emotional chaos comes from, that war that we have going on within ourselves uh, frequently and those really intense emotions, the anger, the fear, whenever we stifle and we, we refuse to accept, so we reject, the experiences that we're having, that's what happens and that's where we end up. And radically accepting what is going on in our world and the curveballs that life throws as, at us as they, throw, as they come at us, right? Um, that provides us an opportunity to validate, accept and move through instead of trying to work around or shove it under the rug, you know, and whenever we're a person that experiences mental health, so I am one, I, my own journey and the journey of others, that is one of the main reasons that, that we start relapsing or cycling. We just start getting overwhelmed with everything that's happening around us. And we struggle to learn or accept and adopt better coping mechanisms. So ways that we can remain effective and productive and, and not become just non-functional, right? And so radical acceptance really provides us that space and place to uh, consider where we're at in our minds, kind of the thought behind the thought, the thought behind the action, the behavior that's presenting itself and manifesting in our world and our experience. 
but it's just making everything else worse too because the way we think about things really impacts the outcome that we have and the experience that we have through whatever it is we're facing. So I'll kind of give you a lived experience example of me walking through radical acceptance. Back in 2003, I enrolled in mental health services. They tried to put me on medication. I was not even in the pre-contemplation stage of change. There was nothing wrong with me. Everyone else around me was the problem. I didn't have the right job or I wasn't living in the right sp space or every, it was everybody else's fault. Fast forward four years of being in denial of, of my mental health condition. I have to say one of the things that, that I learned for myself by not accepting who I am was I was rejecting myself, uh, which had a profound impact on my self-esteem, my decision-making, and the ability to move forward through this change that I was experiencing. And so 2007, I, I was contemplating uh, my life and where I was and situations that I'd been dealing with and jails and institutions before I even was able to begin to even accept the idea uh, that I might have a mental health condition that I needed to address. And so, you know, that is years of self-rejection and fighting with myself that, that didn't end end well at all for me, meaning emotionally, spiritually, emotionally, in my relationships, I was destroying my life around myself and those around me because I was unable to accept where I was. And I can tell you that the acceptance of my mental health condition took a period of time but I can say the breakthrough was, is when I embraced it. I no longer denied it. I no longer fought it. I no longer let my fear of what that meant keep me from just accepting who I am and, and not thinking that there was something wrong with me and allowing myself to begin to heal. Because before that moment, no healing took place. I was self-medicating. I was in denial. I was running from myself. And that didn't end well with all the relationships around me. So once I accepted it and embraced it, that's kind of where my recovery journey began in knowing that I am who I am and that's okay. Now, what am I going to do about it? How am I going to move forward with accepting my mental health condition? And that in itself took a lot of courage. I had a lot of fear. Um, I had a lot of self-doubt. But through 
accepting that and moving forward and i had a great care team i had i had people that were supporting me i had peer support in my life i had living examples that had walked through their mental health condition and so being able to accept it was the starting point of me being able to move forward i would never have thought that i'd be on a facebook live talking about me having a mental health condition that was i was trying to run from that for years maybe almost a decade because there's stages you can look back on your life and you can realize different stages of your life that that your mental health condition is raising its ugly head and affecting your day-to-day -day activities and uh being able to be okay with that is is a burden that has been lifted and now it's a strength now it's a strength to not feel less than to not be embarrassed of who i am is pretty impactful in my daily living now um, and symptoms from my mental health condition are significantly less just because i've accepted it for what it is that's kind of my little life experience or lived experience with radical acceptance. And, you know, that short little story was a five year process. So uh, be kind to yourself and 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 know that uh, change is possible. The recovery is possible. And Mental Health Awareness Month has a lot to do with that if we want to affect effective change within our own communities. So uh, look at those toolkits, um, see what it is that you can do within your own community. Amanda, there was one other organization for youth that had, had a theme, and I didn't write that down, Federations for Families, I think. Um, just the first week in May for them is Youth Mental Health Awareness. So Youth Mental Health Week, and it's a focus on supporting our young people today through their experiences and acceptance, promote healing. So I wanted to share something with you guys. Um, I, I, the definition of radical, I just, I'm looking at this right now on my screen too, guys, and, and this is really cool. So radical means far reaching, thorough, complete, social, political, or emotional change. So complete change. So completely yeah. accepting ourselves. As who, for who we are, accepting completely accepting experiences for what they are, so that we can work through them, and that really, um, what what Bill just illustrated through his story, and thank you for sharing that with us, Bill. What he what he illustrated through that story is exactly that: complete acceptance of self, and in that, we're able to completely accept life experiences, curveballs, unexpected events trauma, all of the things that we go through in life, right? And what, another thing I wanted to just just remind everyone of, and, and this was said to me during an emotional CPR training this last week, diagnosis that we have is a label that someone else gave us. It is not a definition of who we are. It does not encompass our entire life experience and define our journey. What defines our journey 
is what we choose to be. And we can change anything at any time. And working towards that awareness is part of the journey. It took years for us to get to the place where we are today. And it takes years to move beyond into recovery. And it, that just because we're in a recovery does not mean that we will never experience struggles, we'll never have intense emotions, because we will. But it's how we accept and cope and, and are able to overcome those things and sit with those things, reminding ourselves that it's okay to not be okay. So we can accept that even. We can accept those uncomfortable feelings and thoughts and emotions for what they are and really consider where they're coming from so we can move through it. So I just, I want to really support everyone, you know, peer support specialists, this is what we do. We work with people with mental illness of varying kinds, mental health concerns, various levels. And that's what we do because that's where we've been in our own journeys. And we know that recovery is limitless. Anything is possible. So I kind of wanted to piggyback on off of Amanda on the on the comment of someone someone else's opinion. I listened to a motiv motivational speaker. His name's Les Brown, and he tells a compelling story of his childhood being in remedial reading and resource classes, and and one of the teachers took him out of of that particular setting and let him know that someone else's of opinion of him didn't need to create his future. And, and that individual mentored him and coached him um, and motivated him to where today he's a world-renowned motivational speaker. And so the only limits that we have in our lives are the ones that we put on ourselves. We are capable, we are able, and we can recover and achieve the things that we dream of doing. And so be aware of that, uh, see what it is that you can do within your own community to raise awareness and to reduce the stigma. We're just people like everybody else. We got thrown, a set of cards that might be different, but we can still play our hand well. Absolutely. We can play our hand well. All righty. Don't forget to visit our website, montanaspeernetwork.org, for more information, for more trainings, for more events that are happening. Recovery Talks podcasts are available every week from MPN. Past episodes are available on our website, mtpeernetwork.org. SoundCloud, Spotify, and iTunes. If you would like to be a guest, please email us. And that would be really, really fun to have a guest on Facebook Live. And we could talk about the topic that, that you're interested in and dive into it and advocate for it. So thanks for joining us, everybody. Have a great Mental Health Awareness Month coming up. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works, recovery is possible. Recovery is possible. <laughs> recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery is possible.